Thank you for listening to this message from Eden Prairie Assembly of God. For more information about what you hear or about our church, please visit us at www.epassembly.org. Here's today's message. In fact, I cherish this time coming up. Some people cherish it less than others. But Thanksgiving has always been something where we as a family had some traditions and um, had some things going on. And I, I love getting together. And um, I, I was trying to think of just how to explain the frame of reference with which I'm thinking about this time of Thanksgiving and holidays and, and family. And, um, and and I thought it's probably just best if I, I dug out some video of just some of our family being together. And we, we have a tradition right after that Thanksgiving meal. Um, some of you may do this, some of you may not. But I thought I would just show this and then you'd have a point of reference for where I'm going today. For a pre-lit tree, just one seventy-nine ninety-nine. This week, only at Kmart. Okay, that wasn't really me. Nor is this a commercial advertisement spot for Kmart. But um, as we get together and we think about family, there are a lot of different connotations. The holidays. I am just a picture of that video up there, um, wrapping the lights, trying, just getting very frustrated, trying to make everything look beautiful and perfect. And the truth of the matter is, is we're all human. And we're not all beautiful and perfect all the time, right? And sometimes we don't recognize in God's plan for his church, he set us up to be like a family. And for some people, that's a real hindrance. You think about your father, and your father wasn't a great man to you. Or you think about your brothers and sisters, and you think um, you'd rather spend time with anyone else but them. So if you don't have a, a real loving family and a real healthy family that you've been a part of as you grow up, sometimes we resist this urge to think of ourselves as the family of God. Or if we don't resist it, we just don't understand it. But we um, should not make a mistake. God is a loving father, and he welcomes us into his family to be his children. And that's a model that he's, he's given to us. Um, in Rick Warren's book, very well-known, The Purpose Driven Life, he lays out five purposes, um, and, and I think they're very good purposes. And the second purpose that he lays out behind the idea that we're designed for God is that we are designed to be part of God's family. And, and I think that it's important that we really look at what, what God wants from us there. In 1 John 3, 1, it says this, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And I love how the author continues and says, And that is what we are. We are the children of God. When we invite the Holy Spirit to have control in our lives, when we recognize what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross, and we say, God, we love you, we become the children of God. Now, I, want to, I want to draw a delineation here because um, the other day on the way to school, I have a five-year-old who is half-day kindergarten, so, you know, it's in the middle of the day, you kind of drive and pick up, and we get to spend this extra time with each other, and sometimes she'll just ask the oddest things out of the blue, and this one wasn't so odd, but it was one of those moments that I thought, oh, because she said, Daddy, are all the people in the world God's children? And I was just like, oh, it's like, oh, my, my five-year-old is, is learning about the children of God and thinking about people around her and all those things. And I was just kind of ruminating on the, on the little joy of the sweetness of my five-year-old, right? And, but then it kind of came to me that she asked a question 
that I need to answer. And so I thought, oh, you know, yes, we're all God's children. And before I could spit it out of my mouth, I had, a, I, had a, I had a little catch in my heart. And I was like, well, she's five years old. I, w- I want to maintain this, you know, innocence in this um, picture of the world. But she needs to know the truth. And I need to be an example of truth for my child. And, and the truth is, is that we're all God's creation. God created all of us and welcomes us and calls us and says, I want you to be my family. But until we make a choice and step into God's family, we're not all the children of God. Now, that might be pretty elementary for some of you who've been attending church for a very long time, but it's, under, it's understanding that God created us to be his family, but we're not automatically that um, we're not automatically that picture. The entire Bible is the story of God building a family um, who will love him, honor him, and reign with him forever. But we need to realize um, that he's called us to do that, and it's a choice for us to step into. How many of you have heard uh, forever, maybe, if you started Sunday school as a child, God is love? Guess no? <laughs> okay. thought maybe we were off to a really bad start. God is, God is love. We say it often. God is love. But what does love beget? What must come from love? Relationships. You can't live alone on a mountaintop and say, I'm a loving person. I am full of love. You have to love more than just yourself. You have to love people around you. God is love and he values relationships. Every human being, again, was created by God, but not everyone's a child of God. As we're born into humanity, we become part of the human family, right? Right? <laughs> Come on, church. No, no. Um, as, we're, as we're born into this human family, we become part of the human race. But we have that very specific family that's necessary to nurture us, to teach us how to interact with each other, to teach us what is important in life. And it's kind of like this in, um, in our spiritual family. Uh, just to reiterate this thing, God has called us to be his family. Galatians 3.26 says, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Um, and just to hit home that point again, if you haven't made this choice, there is a choice involved. Romans 10.9 says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. So it's not something automatic that just happens to us because we were born as humans. But we just like we have to be a part of a, a family that teaches us human relationships, a father, mother, whatever that unit is. We need to step into the family of God. Your spiritual family, I would put to you, is even more important than your earthly family, than your physical family. And for no other reason than this, your spiritual family will last forever. Think about that for real. You'll get to heaven and you'll see somebody in heaven more than likely that, ooh, maybe I didn't get along with them that well. Or maybe I didn't really know who they were or I knew they were in my church, but... I don't think they really were saved. Um, It's going to be a relationship that's ongoing that lasts forever. And we need to put time and effort into it down here because God is love and he values relationships. When we make a choice to join God's family, we need to figure out where he wants us to fit in. We need to have a place to connect. 
We're created for community and fashion for fellowship. We can't fulfill the purpose God has for us on our own. We're supposed to be members of the body of Christ. Now, I want to refer to some scripture here that's, again, very familiar. We talk about the body of Christ and we say, well, you can't, if you're the foot, you can't say, because I'm not a hand, I don't want to be part of the body, or because I'm not a better part of the body, I, don't, I just don't want to be part of the body. Because um, you have to think about the idea that if something is vital to me, if something is part of me, if I cut it off and, and detach it from myself, set it over here on the piano, it's going to stop performing its function that it was designed to do, right? And it's going to die. And sometimes we don't have a clear picture of that vitality um, because of our culture. Just we talk about membership. Who, you know, likes to buy 50 pounds of rice instead of 10? We have a membership at Costco or me- membership at Sam's Club, right? Um, ever get any mail at home that you know you're, you're getting because you bought something or you signed up for something, but you don't really want it, but you're a member of their club? <laughs> Membership is somewhat diluted um, in our society, but we have to think about it as, as Paul's writing to us about the body of Christ. He's not talking about being on a mailing list somewhere. He's talking about being a vitally important and connected part of the body of Christ. So that if my liver is over here on the piano, no longer is it functioning and doing what it's telling me to do. But again, it's going to die. It can't accomplish anything on its own. Romans 12:5 says, So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all of the others. We have a specific role to play, but we've got to be connected with others in order to fulfill that role. Why do you need a church family? Again, we're welcoming new members into our body, and, and we're saying, welcome to be part of our church family. I want to clarify right now, there could be a little confusion. You could take offense to what I'm saying if you, if you don't get that There's membership, I'm holding a card that says this, and there's just membership in that I have made this choice to do. Now, they're related, and taking an official step of membership also carries with it importance. But I just want to challenge you, even if you're already a card-carrying member of Eden Prairie Assembly of God, to ask yourself, what are you doing as a member of this body of Christ? A church family identifies you as a genuine believer. John 13:35 says by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. When you're at work, when you're at play, when you're out fishing with your buddies or whatever, do they know who you are and who you're associated with? This is not about branding your church and promoting, you know, a membership drive or something of that nature, but they, do they know that you have relationships with this group? of people, look around you, your neighbors, that are very, very important to you and that you consider yourself a vital part of this body. It identifies you as a believer. A church family moves you out of self-centered isolation. When you're in regular contact with ordinary people who have flaws, who throw the lights at the Christmas tree, okay, when you rub shoulders with them all the time, as part of a family, you have a chance to develop yourself, right? Everybody knows that I should be working on myself to be a better person. Hey, just hanging out with other people who aren't better people <laughs> makes you a better person. First Corinthians 12:26 says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. 
Think about that in the context of your relationships here. Who is it that you're connected to? How many relationships do you have that when someone comes into this into this place with good news, whether it be a job promotion or you know whatever it is, that you're happy for them? That it, that it's not just a headline, you know, it's not just a line in the bulletin. Oh yes, we paid off the parking lot, or you know, whatever it is, that you're happy, that you're personally invested in it. If they come in with bad news, someone's had a miscarriage or lost a loved one, or whatever the case may be, are we sad with them? Do we experience their experiences? Are we functioning as a family? A church family will help you develop spiritual muscle. I say this statement and it might sound a little harsh, but I think it's true. You will never grow to spiritual maturity just by attending worship services and being a passive spectator. I, I've heard in, in 12 years of working in different churches, so many people come and say, I, I, really, I really enjoy the church, but I just don't feel like anybody's really reaching out to me or um, I don't know if I really belong or I don't know if I feel welcomed. And, and I always have to ask them, well, Yes, we need to work on that wherever we are. We need to work on that. But how are you seeking to be involved? How are you seeking to plug yourself into this place? How are you seeking to build a relationship with somebody? Are you saying, I want to be a part of this family? Over 50 times in the New Testament, the phrase one another or each other is used. We're commanded to love each other, to pray for each other, to encourage each other admonish, greet, serve, teach, accept, honor. We're challenged to bear each other's burdens, to forgive each other, to submit to each other, and to be devoted to each other. That's what it would mean to be a biblical definition of member of a church body. We will be doing all of those things in our relationships with other people from this place. Remember, it's, it's the idea that you're in the family of God when you say, Jesus, I want to be in your family. But then who's going to be your family that teaches you how to function in life? Who's going to be your family that's going to suffer with you when you're suffering? Who's going to be your family that's rejoicing with you when you're rejoicing? That's what this local body is supposed to be. That's what this church is supposed to be. The body of Christ needs you. God has a unique role for you. Scripture is very clear that God says, I knew who you were before you were born. I know the number of hairs on your head. I have a plan for your life. He wants you to do something. And when you came into the world, ooh, good, John's on the scene. Check him off on the list. John's a good teacher. That's one of the roles I have for him. Okay? Okay. God has a specific purpose for you. And if you're not plugged in and using it somewhere, you're hurting the body of Christ. He wants us to share in his mission to the world. We just came off of a full month of of missions focus, right? Sunday after Sunday, we're devoting our entire service to missions, to finding out what God would have us do to reach our world around us. And we're just barely scratching the surface of the needs that are out there, right? After putting that much effort as a church into it, We can just barely see what all the needs are. God has a purpose for your life that is intended to be involved in in a mission to the world. 
But if you're disconnected from the body, if you're not a vibrant, healthy part of the body, you're not going to be able to fully participate in that mission. A church family will help to keep you from backsliding. It's not going to keep you from backsliding, but it will help to keep you from backsliding. I don't know if, I don't know if that term is even familiar to some people because when I, when I was a child, that term I heard it all the time in church. Oh, so-and-so is backsliding. Oh, you know, this happened and now this person is backsliding. It just means, you know, you let your relationship with go, go with God and you're not putting him first and you're not part of that family anymore. You've turned your back on it. But you know what? If we're a family, we're going to help prevent that. Scripture says in Hebrews 3.13, Encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you will be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. See, when we're a family, it's hard for people to disappear, right? I mean, I, I remember trying it when I was about six years old. I was really ticked off at the family, right? So I packed my lunchbox and got some juice and... You know, and there's a field, and so there's a road, and I go to the field and follow the road a little ways, and then it's woods, you know, some dark trees, and maybe I'm done running away. There were some boundaries that were keeping there, but, you know, I only had one bottle of juice. I could only last so long. So there are some physical boundaries maybe that are helping, but there's also familial boundaries. I mean, my mother was watching from the window. I I don't know. I didn't see her, but I'm sure... You know, she's not going to let me run off and join the circus at six. If you are participating in this body as as a family member and you see a family member, oh, they haven't been to church in a while. Or, oh, I noticed this kind of going on and on and on with them, this certain particular repetitive thing. Or I think there's an attitude going on that's that's not great for them. You need to be part of the family. They're part of our family. You need to have a relationship with them so you can call them up and say, hey, can we have coffee and talk about this? Look to the front and the back of you and raise your hand if you're comfortable bringing correction to your family. You have to have a relationship to do that. And if we have a family, there are boundaries and we will help encourage each other and we will help spur each other on to what God has called us to do. Mind your own business is not a Christian phrase. We're commanded to be involved in each other's lives. And so I would encourage you this morning, as you think about your position, your place in this body, where are you? And again, I don't don't want this to be misheard as as a drive for, get your card that says, I took the class and now I'm a member of the Imperial Assembly of God. Because frankly, you can have one of those cards and, and sit on the outside and not truly be a member for years and years. Or you can come, like um, the couple we joined, uh, that we accepted this morning, who's been serving for months and only today became members. Okay, Don't confuse what I'm saying. I'm challenging you to think about, though, membership in the body of Christ is a choice. And where are you? And how do you want it to be? Because the difference is simply a level of commitment. Right? You can come and you can sit in a chair and you can listen to a sermon or listen to some music and disappear after the service. And and you can enjoy that indefinitely. Quite honestly, um, in between the last couple of churches that we were at, when I was not on staff, my wife and I um, asked for a sabbatical from where I was working. And we lived next 
like two miles from, a, from an Assembly of God church, but because we were still connected with another Assembly of God church and a lot of things were going on there, we didn't want, we didn't want to go to an Assembly of God church and have any crossover in politics or any questions like that. And we, did, we picked a church that we heard was Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, and we went to that church. And quite honestly, we just blended into the wallpaper as much as we could. We went there because we were on a break. We were searching for God in our lives, and, 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 and we were doing some different things. That's fine for a moment, for a season. But God calls you to be a member. And after some time there, we got involved, and we became members of a church that was not an Assembly of God church. Why did we do that? Because we didn't like the Assembly of God church? No. No, because that was the body that we were a part of at that time, and we needed to be connected. And it's a choice that I challenge you with today. Where is your connection? Do you feel like this is your family? If it's not, what can you do? Look around you. Who can you build relationships with? I don't, I don't come to you today and say, well, let's now spend an hour at the altar trying to pray about whether or not God wants us. This is pretty, pretty cut and dry. This is a clean little box up message that God wants us to be this. And I think sometimes we forget it. And I think it's a perfect opportunity as we welcome new people into our church today, as you head off to be with your families, perfect or imperfect, to think about what is the family of God and what would he have me do? Because frankly, what matters most is that we love each other. Scripture says in Galatians 5.14, the entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Galatians 6.10 says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. That's not an exclusive statement. That's not to say don't help somebody just because they don't go to church or know God. By all means, those are people we're trying to reach for God's kingdom. But it's interesting to me that Scripture specifically points out, hey, especially for someone who's supposed to be your fellow believer, your family member, your brother and sister, especially take time out of your lives to do good for them. Back to John 13, 35, it says, By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. What are you doing to act out your love? Pastor Jack always does a so what. I didn't even do a so what slide, but I would leave you with this. For you to love each other, if you want to build a relationship with someone, the most valuable thing that you and I have in our society today is our time. You can make some more money. You can buy a nice gift and give it to someone. But you can't create more time in your life. And I challenge you. To review your relationships. My wife and I both had a little bit of a breakdown this week saying, oh, we're so busy doing this, this for God and that for God. And God, where are you? And what's it? Oh, I, ha- I haven't had a lot of time to take on my devotion <laughs> to spend with God. I haven't had a lot of time to spend in prayer with God. Time is very, very valuable. And, and the amount of time that you commit to someone or something is a good measure of how important it is in your life. So I encourage you, take Take an hour to give to somebody in this body and develop a relationship. And understand on both ends of that, when you're giving it and receiving it, understand how important that is. Because you're giving or you're receiving something that that person can't recover. You can't go back and get that extra hour. You can't go back and get that extra week. You can't go back and get that extra month that you spent working on missions. You can't get it back. 
So spend it valuably. And spend it on something that you feel is worthwhile. And don't wait. Because every minute that goes by is costly. So I just encourage you this morning to look at each other, to love each other, and to welcome each other into the family of God. Let's pray. God, I thank you very much for meeting us here today. I thank you very much that you care about us in such a way that you would send your Holy Spirit to speak directly to us, to encourage us. God, I pray that people are healed and changed just by being in your presence today, not because of some music someone played or some word someone spoke. God, we just give you glory and honor and thanks for creating us and for welcoming us into your family. And I ask that your Holy Spirit would walk with us this week that something that's been spoken today or something that you speak to our hearts today will stay with us and we will ponder it and we will pray about it. We will spend time in our devotions with you asking you what is the purpose that you have designed us for? Where should we plug into this body? And God, I ask that you would make us an active family who loves each other and who encourages each other and who brings correction to each other Why? Because someone is smarter than someone else? No, but because we love each other. Let us be known as a church who loves each other. And let us then reach out beyond our walls to a world that's lost and needs you, Jesus. We thank you so much for meeting us here today and ask that you'll go with us and bless these families as they go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You are dismissed. God bless.